There is a restaurant that you need to know about. They have delicious food. They've got a fantastic beer menu. They just remodeled, so there's more seating. And there's a sweet bike shop right next door. Do you know where I'm talking about? Uh, I choose A, the handlebar final answer. For $1 million, that is correct. Yes! So, you are now a millionaire. I feel like you should take me to a victory dinner at said restaurant. I think I could eat there three meals a day for the rest of my life and still have plenty of money because they have affordable prices as well. Speaking of which, they have a happy hour, seven days a week. Makes it even more affordable. Two to 6 p.m., you get any of their draft beers for a dollar off. Again, that is seven days a week at the handlebar. That is a great friggin' deal. Absolutely. They've got a rotating draft beer selection that will knock your socks off. Mm -hmm. Go try some of their new menu items. Get a burger, get some fries, get some beers. Tell me how it is because... I know you're going to say it's awesome. Once again, that's The Handlebar here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. Please go check them out. They're a great local business, and they support this podcast. Why don't we begin? This... Is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello, hello, and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a podcast about craft beer and film. I'm one of your hosts, Max Minardi. And I am the other, Johnny Summers. Pleasure to be back with you. Yes, indeed. Uh, we are uh, fil- filming. We are recording here on a, on a rainy day in Chico and have a lot to tell you about by way of movie and beer. And we're going to start with the, one of those things, and I think we're going to do a beer. Yeah? Boom. Should we dive in? Well, it is a movie beer. It is. Podcast. Empty, empty yeah. one. Yeah. So... This is our first beer today. I'll let you pour that, and I'll yeah. read a little bit about it. You got it, man. So we're doing a beer. It's an IPA that is an odd beer. It is a pink lemonade IPA. So if you've never had a pink lemonade IPA, because I know there's not that many there. Aren't, I've never heard of this. I've never had that many. But it's a collaboration between Evil Twin Brewing and Omnipolo. Uh, this is an old-fashioned lemonade IPA. That which already is like, what do you mean? Right? <laughs> yeah. I guess they mean old-fashioned lemonade. But... Just like Grandpa used to drink. Right. The old-fashioned old classic lemonade IPA. Yeah. Delicious. Uh, Omnipolo is known for their wonky flavor collaboration. Mm-hmm. Like they did like an orange sherbet IPA not that long ago. Yeah. Like, do you know it's actually sherbet? Yeah. Because there's like not extra, extra yeah. letters. Yeah. I tell it whenever I hear people say yeah. sherbet now. I'm like, sherbet. did you know? I'm that guy. And there's a few different ones too that people just add letters to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sherbet. So this is going to be described as a tasty, well-balanced IPA with sweet and sour notes of old-fashioned memories. That in itself is kind of confusing. Yeah, a little bit. All right. Hmm. So that's it. What do you know about this um, outside of... Have you heard of it before today? Yeah. It out? I've, I have, actually. It's, have you had it? it I have. Oh. I liked it on draft quite a bit. Cool. Where'd you have it on draft? Uh, the Goose. Cool. Yeah, and I think the Handlebar had it as well. I guess I can't for, remember. For new listeners, we are in Chico, California. I mean to say that at the top of the episode. I think but you I already did. Forget. Did I say? I don't think I said it's that. It's in our description. That's, That's true. Fine. Yeah, we're in Chico, California. Those are places in town. If you don't live here, you don't know, and you don't care probably. Yeah, so local craft beer bars. But yeah. you know, Omnipolo gets pretty decent distribution in the Bay Area and north, norther, norther. Mm, sure, northerly, norther indeed, northerly where we are. So yeah, it looks a little muddy. It's definitely got. A hazy, ruddy appearance. There's some pink, I, but yeah, not like not like brown muddy, but definitely. Uh, I'm so sick of saying hazy for everything, but it is a good word. It's foggy. It's got a foggy tinge. There you go. It's uh, sort of like a pink tangerine color. Yeah, you could say that. It smells really good. I haven't. Uh, this this happens every time January comes around for us. My beer senses are heightened, and my beer bar is lowered because I haven't had beer since our last recording. Yeah. Or, or alcohol in general. Is it lowered because just everything's delicious? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Like everything's like, oh my gosh, there's so many smells jumping out of this glass and mm-hmm. it's delicious because of, you know, so I, I maybe I'm not the most objective person. I get a lot of fruit on the nose. Definitely. A lot of citru- yeah, citrusy definitely. fruit. Some, some the pulp of the fruit. Definitely. Sure. Yeah. That's uh, there's something specific that I'm smelling too. And I can't quite put my, uh, my nostrils on it, but yeah. Citrus, citrus pulp. Maybe. I don't know. It's It smells very little piney. You I almost know. want to say guava too, but I don't yeah, know. Are you getting that guava. Maybe I'm little, just seeing the color and it reminds me of like a guava juice. little tropical fruit mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, this happens every time too. What's the ABV on this bad boy? 7% on nice. this. And it is interesting. Yeah. I hate, by the way, all of Evil Twins can art. It all bothers me. There's like always some weird white dude that's like, why am I on this can? 
It seems like there's been a lot of those. Yeah. 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 Like they have the, the Ryan and the Gosling yeah. one, which has some random white dude on it. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a bunch. They all have like one dude who doesn't know why he's on this can. Yeah. Which in one sense is funny, but also it's, I don't know. It doesn't make me want to dive I, in. Your irony can only take you so far. Yeah. Right. It, it doesn't make any sense. No. No, it doesn't. He's not what I think of when I think old fashioned lemonade. No, I don't, th- I don't see that guy and think, yeah. No. Lemon, lemonade IPA, no. sure, obviously. Alas, you have tasted this. What yes. do you think? It is nice. It's nice and crisp and citrusy, and it's got a little bit of tartness, but you get a little little twang of sour mixed Whoa. with some hot bitterness on the finish, which gives it a really interesting mm-hmm. overall like mouthfeel and flavor. Like That is that is interesting. It's really wonky. I don't know if, if you put this in front of me blind. I don't know that I would have called it an IPA straight off the bat. No. It definitely has more of a sour taste to it. Yeah. Huh, that's weird. Yeah, it's super mellow and like almost creamy. Mm-hmm. It's like a creamy kind of hoppy beer with with tons of of fruit, tons of citrus. Yeah, that's weird. It's got a it's got a very um uh soda poppy kind of carbonation to it as well. Or like a, you know that soda squirt? Yeah. It's kind of got that vibe going for it. It definitely reminds me of of squirt a little bit, which is grapefruit if I'm not mistaken. It is grapefruit. Yeah. So I can get some grapefruit out of this. Yeah, maybe some citrusy kind of. Well, grapefruit is what makes pink lemonade pink, right? In a traditional sense. Oh my sense. goodness. Is it? I think. Right? Huh. I don't know. Yeah, that's... I'm pretty sure. That seems fair. Google yeah. Pink Lemonade, Google homie. Pink we lemonade. got the Googles. Um, wow, that's... I've never even thought of that. I just assumed it was like, you know... Well, pink. and it... Okay, it says right on the can, it has lemon and raspberries added. Oh. So, maybe. Yeah, I wonder what the traditional recipe is. That's I don't know. very interesting. Yeah. What is the pink in Pink Lemonade? What is, of course, that's the first thing. Lemons are yellow. That's how this starts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yet this lemon-based beverage is pink. Pink lemonade is sometimes colored with cranberry juice, raspberry juice, or crushed strawberries, but oh. it's often more colored with red food dye. Like I said, it's just pink. Boom. Wow. That's messed up. So it's a lie. Here, have some pink lemonade. Right, have it's, some blue lemonade for all we care. That's Kool-Aid. Yes, it is. <laughs> remember the, the blue lemonade? That's actually a Kool-Aid flavor. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember it's that. It's electric blue lemonade. That's funny. It stains your mouth. Um, I can't say that I like this beer, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm sort of over it. There's It's it's not really quenching. Like, and I feel like if you're going to call it a pink lemonade IPA, you want to associate what you associate pink lemonade with, which in my experience is like hot summer days and like refreshing. Drink it fast. All right. I'm Yeah. All right. Did that help? Yeah. Like with most IPAs, they're better if you drink them fast. You get like all the notes that you should. I see that. Yeah. yeah. But and I still don't. I don't know that I love it. It's interesting. It's definitely unique. Uh, I really like this beer a lot. It's well, yeah. It's super yeah. unique. Like you've never had a beer that tastes like this, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just a single IPA, so it's not going to be crazy bitter. True. It just does some some really wonky things that I think are very unique. Yeah, that's a good point, man. Uh, it is. It is interesting. Also, I'm sorry. For my chair today. Yeah, Captain's Squeaky Butt over extra, here. I don't know why that happened. I'm so sorry. I'll just not move. Captain's Squeaky Butt. Hold still. Yep. Uh, See, he's always pumping his legs. I'm just moving. He's man. pumping his legs. He's yeah. a cyclist now. That's he what we're can't get to be next. stopped. Uh, give me out of 10 on out this Omnipolo Evil Twin collaboration called Pink Lemonade IPA. I mean, this is a solid, solid 7.5 for me. It's okay. way above average. Um, it's like not the best IPA I've ever had. But I mean, as far as fruited IPAs go, which are... Kind of far and few between. Mm-hmm. It's it's exemplary. It's right. really good. Uh, if you can have access to this at your local bottle shop, I mean, we got it at Spikes, mm-hmm. um, where we get all of our beer. Hashtag get it at Spikes. Boom. I would say for sure, go out and try it. It's, yeah. it's definitely a, a good beer connoisseur's beer. I mean, it's something fun to try. Yeah, I'm going to go with a six. Okay. Your, your, your justification of like, hey, there's interesting, and I've never had something like it, brought it up from a four, which is a big, big, big jump. Wow. Um. I'm gonna start making you go first. We should do that. We should take turns. <laughs> You're so easily. No, influenced. sorry. It, it wasn't a. I mean, it wasn't since you rated it. It was what you were saying about it, and I think that's a good point. Like, yeah, it is interesting, and for the little amount that I'm having, it's fine. I don't know that I'd want to like another one of these. Hmm. See, because um, I mean, the way I look at, because I've been picking <clears throat> out the beers for the show for mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, a month now, mm-hmm. and it's not so much that we. Like, I try not to get beers that I just know we're going to like. Sure. It For me, it's like I want to have stuff that we would never normally drink. Mm-hmm. That, for me, is is the draw of that's, something Yeah, like I mean, this. that's way more interesting. Yeah, because, I, I mean, we could spend every week doing another single IPA, mm-hmm. but that would just be lame. Yeah, I suppose that would get old. So, just in the interest of originality. So, I've been trying to throw as much wonky stuff in there as I can. So. Respect. Interesting, though. Yeah, if it's worth a try, I would say, at least. 
You know? Yeah. Uh, personally, I would grab a four pack of this and drink it sure. at the river or something. Yeah, but sure. I can also see how you maybe wouldn't want to have more than one. Yeah. So. It's just a lot going on. Yeah. But if you're in Chico, <clears throat> awesome thing. You can yep. go try this and make your own mind up and Correct. then email us and Perfect. let us know what you think. Yeah. Speaking of which, we are, like we said last week, we're keeping a running tally of our beers and movies and ratings yeah. this year. So That's him reminding me to take a note. Play along with us. <laughs> And if you have any of the beers or see any of the movies that we talk about in the upcoming months, jot down your ratings. We'll play a game at the end of the year, see if our rankings were close. Yeah. And it could be fun. Or it, it could be the worst. But it you is decide. gonna be fun. So today is the January eighth episode coming out January ninth. Yeah, we'll put it out tonight or tomorrow. Sometime. Okay. Yeah. So that is a six for Max. And yes. a seven five from Johnny. Yeah. Seven, right. yeah. Perfect. And that is wrapping up Omnipolo Evil Twins collab, Pink Lemonade IPA. Boom. So moving right along, we want to talk a little bit about our weeks. We tend to do this and, well, we tend to do it when there's things that have happened that we want to talk about, which is almost always. And we tend to keep them thematically related. So I'm going to start because I have crossed some things off of my uh, my my watching list that I am proud to talk about now. Oh, you've had that list for a while, too. It's a running list, man. I keep it going. Um, so let me find it here. Number one, I saw The Hero. Have you heard of this movie? The Hero. Yes. I will pull up some stats for you in a minute. Um, because I watched it last night uh, right after we saw our movie this week. Okay. Which was, uh, it was a lot. Been absorbing a lot of stuff this uh, this week. As, yeah. as you know, we've both, we've both kind of gone that route. Yeah, packing in some content. Um, but no, The Hero is a story about this old one time I, I dare say one hit wonder if that applies to actors okay uh sure it could sure there's tons of them this actor played by sam elliott uh who you would know oh, he's so good yeah he's great from tombstone fame sure. the big lebowski mm, is he in that sam elliott yeah he was the dude at the bar that ordered the sarsaparilla yep if you're saying it like why that. you gotta cuss yes. so much dude right. yeah yeah so he's in it and he has a really really good performance there's a few folks in there that i think are really noteworthy uh, nick offerman is in it uh, I love Nick Which Offerman. is a fun callback or mm. yeah, to that episode of Parks and Rec where they're both mm-hmm. in there and he's Ron too or whatever. Yeah. But then he likes granola and wears right. sandals. Yeah. No, Sam yeah. Elliott's like all time favorite. He's so good. And he's really good in this because it tells the story of this this, like I said, once famous actor who's kind of he's diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and sort of what it means to go through the end of your life when you don't he doesn't have necessarily a good relationship with his family and spends a lot of his days just drinking bourbon and getting stoned. All right. And sort of, it's not a necessarily a new tale in so far of the aspect of, you know, like once you realize you're not going to live much longer, you you take those days for, for, you appreciate them a little more. Yeah. But it is really good. He's, he goes all over the spectrum and this, he does a lot of emotions and it's a pretty short movie too. I think it was an hour and a half. And he's the main, main character. Samuel yeah. Samuel lead. Nice. Yeah. So it's very good. It's a hero. It came out, I think earlier, well, I guess last year now. Okay. In 2017, but it was on my list for a few months and I rented it and I finally watched it, which was, uh, which was fun for me. Excellent. Yeah. Very good. We watched a, or I watched another movie that we, I think we'll do an episode on soon. Yeah. And so I'll save that, but. Okay. That was, uh, that was pretty good. So I wanted to throw that out there cause it was finally, I think it was something I looked at this list that I have in my hand now. I was like, Oh, when am I going to rent that? And I finally rented it. So excellent. That chapter is closed. I have seen it. I like it. Yeah. I'm going to definitely watch that. Yeah. What about you? So for me, I'm sorry. I also watched Dallas Buyers Club for the first time. Oh, cool. Okay. Which is, I don't mean to glaze over it, but I've had my time in the spotlight. Very good movie. Now I'm done. <laughs> Excellent. Yep. Uh, I've heard it was amazing. Yeah. You haven't seen it? I have not. You got to see it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, that's, it's, it's yeah. been on my radar and I've heard, I mean, obviously Jared Leto, his, mm-hmm. his character acting is insane. Yeah. He's a crazy yeah. person. Yeah. So yeah, he plays a, a transsexual or transvestite so, crossdresser. What? Yeah. Something. So if you don't, they don't really dive in too much to it, but if you don't know anything about Dallas Buyers Club, it takes place right in the middle of the AIDS epidemic uh, in the eighties. Right. Please. I hope I'm right. Is yeah, no, because it was they were like trying to get the medicine for it and stuff, right? Yeah, but that Might epidemic the happened in guys. the 80s. It started yeah. in the late 70s, okay. and it was really raging. The AIDS epidemic was like in the 80s, big time. Right. Well, Matthew McConaughey plays a cowboy, a legit cowboy. He rides bulls in the rodeo, and he is uh, alcoholic. He does all the drugs. Has sex with everybody, women. He has sex with women. Okay. Uh, which at the time, people, you can't get AIDS from a woman. You know, that's that's the gay yeah. man's disease yeah. or whatever. Anyways. He gets AIDS in there. He gets HIV, mm-hmm. which gives him AIDS. Yes. Okay. And it's a story of um, fighting it and fighting kind of the big pharmaceutical companies and meeting different people along the way. And Jared Leto does play. He plays a 
I don't know exactly how you define him. I guess definitely a crossdresser. I don't think he ever really identified. He's definitely gay for okay. what's worth, but um, I don't know if he would call himself transgender. But I'm sort or, of it, yeah. not the most well versed. Okay. In the, he wears in the women's language. clothes. Yeah. So whatever and, that is. And they never call him she. So I think that's that's something. Yeah. Well, I mean, back in the eighties the the pronoun thing wasn't as emphasized. Totally. So Yeah, it was interesting to see because Matthew McConaughey again in this he's very very stereotypical tough guy. Yeah, like yeah. uh he gets put in a hospital bed next to Jared Leto's character and um Jared Leto like talks to him. And he's like, I'm not a queer, get out of here. I, you know, get stop looking at me, that kind of thing. Wow. Yeah. Which is a mentality that some people have. Yeah. Uh, which I think is dumb. What are you gonna think you're gonna catch the gay? Yeah, I don't, yeah. Silly. People get offended. Yeah. Don't hit on me. I'm I'm not a yeah. Yeah. It's so silly. It is. Anyways. Yeah. But no, Dallas Buyers Club, very good. Highly recommend. Excellent. Yeah, that one got a lot of critical critical mm-hmm. acclaim, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yeah, there's a scene where you see well, actually both Matthew McConaughey and Jared Leto uh without much clothing on and their bodies are just withered and super emaciated. Gosh, it's crazy. And, yeah. Yeah. It's right up there with like the machine, the, ma- Mach- the machinist. machinist. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that was saying it weird. Yeah. With Christian Bale. Oh, that movie was just kind of hard to watch. I actually didn't see that one, but I know about his body. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. yeah that's very uh, good movie though. Yeah. Some of the deepest like method character acting ever. So. Yeah. Well, tell yeah, me about, tell me you, about you. You what know, you the, one of the biggest highlights of the last week for me has been consuming roughly four seasons of Parks and Rec. Man, you and the Parks and Rec. Did it's I like mention me this last time? No, but you, like, over the past year and a half, you talk about Parks and Rec. It's like, your, I think, your most consistent show that you bring up. Yeah, it's definitely, like, the go-to. And Nick Offerman came mm-hmm. up earlier. Right. That's what makes me laugh. Um, yeah, we've been just, I don't know, kind of in between shows. You ever have that where you, like, you mm-hmm. finish? Because we watched all of Peaky Blinders season four yeah. over our Christmas break. And then I've just been kind of shopping for new shows. Um, gonna get back into Black Mirror. I was gonna ask because you haven't seen those yet. Uh, no, oh, you and gotta do it. Do we talk about that last week? We've talked about it, like season, it's, it's the season it, four. We haven't talked. About, I think we might have mentioned season four. I know oh, we, we talked about like the first episode of the first season and how uncomfortable it made me because sure. it was the pig. Yeah, 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 yeah. The pig episode. Yeah, yeah. So I really want to revisit that because I've just been hearing nothing but really, really good things. And like the way the world's going, that show is like kind mm-hmm. of prophetic to mm-hmm. a lot of people. So, yeah. I mean, I've heard some interesting takes on some of the episodes. Um, I'd like some feedback on that. If any of our listeners yeah. are into that series, sure. let me know. Either slide into the DMs or yep. just tweet at us or whatever. But I would definitely like your take on that series. Uh, but yeah, that's it, man. I've been doing a lot of relaxing. Good. I, I think it was probably, Johnny and I are both big fans of a an NPR podcast called Pop Culture Happy Hour. Yeah. And we talk about them pretty often. And they did a, a review of the fourth season of Black Mirror. And they talk about how there's this always, there's always one episode that really stands out from the rest for whatever reason. Okay. Uh, like season two. I think it was season, when's San Junipero? Is that, that's three, isn't it? I think it's, yeah, it's season three. I haven't seen any of them. So You've seen know. no Black Mirrors at all? I saw the first one. Oh, that's what you're saying. Oh, yeah. man, you really got to do it. Yeah. No, that's why I think I'm actually going to get into that mm-hmm. maybe tonight. You should, man. They're great. They're very weirdly cathartic. It's strange. Yeah. Um, right. But anyway, San Junipero is season three. It's like a really huge one. And then in this one, I think everybody's talking about Hang the DJ. I just watched it with Gianna the other night, and it is great. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Really good. Well, I think maybe um, I'll try and get caught up on that, and mm-hmm. then maybe we could just do like a total Black Mirror breakdown. I would I would love that if we do it right. That could be fun. Yeah, we should talk about that and maybe structure it. And if people haven't watched, maybe they could give them time to catch up. Yeah, you know, or maybe, better yet, we could, if you're watching all of them, pick your favorite. That'd be fun. And we can hash it out. Maybe our favorite of every season. Sure. So we just cover four episodes. Sure. Yeah. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Yeah, no, enough people are talking about it that I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to I'm surprised it's taking you this long. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. I yeah, know. but there's so much content. If mm-hmm. I watch the first episode and it skeeves me out, I'm gonna. That's true. Just watch one of the other thousand things I could watch. Yeah, if you guys are listening and you're like, hmm, maybe I'll check out Black Mirror. It's something worth two things worth noting is that it's not a it's not a linear series. They're so all it's an anthology. Yeah, so you can start anywhere. And I would recommend not starting with season one, episode one. It is by far the uh, most. Well, it was genuinely disturbing, and I've got pretty high standards as to what is disturbing. Yeah, and there's a lot of disturbing episodes, but this has a very physical nature to it, which we won't spoil here. But it's, I would recommend going a different route first. Okay, just to kind of you know dip your toes. Yeah, just because that episode made me shy away from it for this long. Yes. So yeah, I'm gonna get back into that. Yeah. Also, I really want to know if you've seen that movie Bright. I have not. I don't think even heard of it. Uh, it's the very first original full oh, length. Oh, yep, yep, yep. With, with Will Smith. Yeah. Uh, no. 
Okay. We should watch that and maybe try and talk about Have it before it? this month is out. I haven't. Man, I've I've had friends that I had friends that watched it at my house when I was gone actually. Okay. And a couple of them couldn't even get through it. Mm. Like I've heard some bad things. Mm. Lots lots of the you got through the first three quarters and the end was just horrible. Yeah. I'm not super interested in it. I think I, I'm gonna watch it just because I know Netflix is putting so much money out for original yeah, content. Sure. Like they're ridiculous. They've got like something like 80 movies and series coming out in 2018. That's nuts, man. That's why our bill all went up like a dollar. Right. Oh, did it? Yeah. I don't have, uh, I'm still in the Amazon Prime, but Gianna has the Netflix. So. Okay. But yeah, it went up like a dollar. Yeah. But I'm like, it's worth it. Yeah. So many of the original shows, I'm just, yeah, hooked on. for sure, man. That's good. Fuller House. Yeah. You know, I'm telling you. Everything else. Yeah. Parks and Rec. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you say we We'd, take a quick break? Yeah. Let's go to break and then we'll get back into it and start breaking down our movie. Sounds good. We'll be right back. Well, Johnny, the holidays have come and gone, but you and I were hanging on. Barely. By a thread. I spent all of my Christmas money on beers and movies for the podcast, and now we are scraping the bottom, buddy. Do you have any ideas? I don't. Wait. I might have one. I heard about this website where people that generate content like podcasts can post their materials and have people support them. You're not thinking about Patreon. I am. Have you heard of it? Buddy, I tell you what, I made a Patreon for us. Oh, snickerdoodles. And I've made all these cool things for people that want to donate. They can do everything from coming to exclusive events to getting bonus content, even being a physical voice on this show. Just depending on their level of donation, Indeed. we have a tiered reward system that gets you involved in this podcast in a very real and personal way. You can start for just a dollar an episode and help us out so greatly to keep this podcast going and bringing you fun and exclusive content every single week. So please go to patreon.com slash freshhopcinema and donate now. My cats need new shoes. They do. I've seen their feet. They are not good. Please get his cat's shoes. Despicable. Disgusting feet. This is not a joke. We're not joking. Please help us patreon.com slash fresh up cinema we love you thank you so much okay we told you a slight lie before we get to molly's game which is our film of the week we wanted to talk about something that happened in pop culture specifically in the movie and tv areas of life and it fits right into the theme of this show which it, is film yes it does yeah uh, we're going to talk quickly about the golden globes that happened last night and some of the winners just so we can all stay in the loop uh, we're already in the loop, so we can keep you in the loop, I guess. Yeah, just a, we'll do a quick rundown. All the winners, the highlights, who we thought deserved it, who we didn't, whatever. Yes. So as not to dwell on anything, a lot of these movies that we're going to talk about, we uh, have seen and reviewed on the podcast, so we're not going to rehash our feelings about three billboards. Correct. We um, we know how we all feel about that. Yes. So is. if you want to know that, you can just go back and listen. We're just going to not... So this can be gonna... standalone. Neither of us were fans. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah, let's put it that cool. way. So the uh, let's go the rundown here. Let's sure. take it from the top. Let's take it from the top. There are some big things that happened, and it starts with the best motion picture in the drama category. It did go to three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Mm -hmm. Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I always put an of in there. Yep. Uh, that was Martin McDonough's screenplay that uh, starred uh, Francis McDormand, Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell, and several other characters, including Pinkle, Pink, Pinkle Dinkridge. <laughs> Peter Dinklage, my goodness. <laughs> Starring Pinkle Dinkle. Yeah. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, anyways, that one, that you take the next one, man. Yeah, and the winner for best motion picture in the musical or comedy genre, which makes absolutely no sense, mm -hmm. is maybe our pick of the year, mm -hmm. Lady Bird. Which does make sense. Which does make sense. Very happy that this won yeah. uh, the best picture. It's important to know, apparently... Some people go around not knowing what these different things are called. For example, you might not know that the Academy Awards are the same as the Oscars. Correct. I didn't know that. Right. The Golden Globes are something totally different. Yeah. They are an independent award ceremony, and they are accolades bestowed by the 93 members of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. They actually began in January 1944, and they recognize excellence in film and television, both domestic and foreign. Perfect. So these aren't actually like... The American Academy that, you know, that vote on the Academy Awards and all these different mm -hmm. ones. They're definitely... It's a different, different group of folks. Yeah. That yeah. Different perspective, different viewpoint, different understanding of America and media and all yeah. that fun stuff. Also so, not the same as the Emmys. That's only television. There yes. are lots of award ceremonies that I have learned about recently. Or the Grammys. Or the Grammys, which is music. So. And then you got the Screen Actors Guild, Guild There's Awards. There's all sorts of stuff out yeah, there. But no, this is, this is just that. Yeah. So, and they say sometimes these can be precursors to uh, possibly who will be nominated for Academy Awards or yeah. front runners, but sure. I mean, there's now in the Academy Awards recently 
changed. There's mm. now 10 nominees for Best Picture now. Wow. Super stoked on that. So you're yeah, going to get sure. way more films in for consideration. Cool. So yeah, let's let's run down some more of the winners. Yeah, we got to talk about a movie that we have yet to see because it has yet to come to our theaters, but that's Guillermo del Toro, The Shape of Water, ah, yes. which we both have been dying to see and can't wait for it to finally I know. show up here. Looking it's at been you, yeah. Tinseltown. <laughs> it's been out in limited screening for a while now, but it hasn't quite got its wide release, but uh, it did win Best Director. And that is something that I I am mad from everything I've heard. It's a beautiful movie. Yeah, and there might might be some. It's not perfect, but it, it does seem like it's doing very obviously doing very well. Yeah. So another notable standout would be best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama. Gary Oldman won for his portrayal of Winston Churchill in The yeah. Darkest Hour. You didn't see that, did you? I haven't seen it yet. I really want to. I've heard good things. I don't want to see it. No, I ha- I would have seen it. I'm not interested. For okay. some Yeah, I don't like. I don't know. I don't, I'd like, it'd be fine to see, I guess, but I'm not clamoring for it. I don't think it's, you know, I think the history books have probably taught me enough. And that's fair. As much as I've liked some of Gary Oldman's performances, I'm not, you know, lining up to jump into, I don't know. That's just me. So a couple more highlights. Best performance by an actress in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. Saoirse Ronan. Yes. For Lady Bird. Boom. That one I am all aboard on. Yeah. Yeah. She was fantastic. Did I tell you I saw her other film, Brooklyn, recently? No. Uh, She plays an Irish girl that comes fittingly she is irish mm-hmm. uh that comes to america to kind of seek a new life nice more or less that leaves her family behind it's a very touching movie very heartbreaking brooklyn very okay good. excellent and yeah, lovely bones as and, well yeah she was so good oh yeah that. i didn't see lovely bones but watch that movie okay. dude. all right believe i just saw <clears throat> it that it's on amazon prime cool yeah it's, i'm all about that right now yeah. do you want to talk about one other movie that we have not seen yeah that well, we were going to see and we'll finish up with our sure. our awards recap and there was some interesting things happening at the Golden Globes that I want to touch on. But yes, the last one we'll touch on is Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. And James Franco won that award for The Disaster Artist. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, we were going to cover that movie, but we ended up not doing it. I can't remember why. It left theaters rapidly. Oh, sure. We were going to go see it. And then the weekend before we were going to record the episode, it was gone. Yeah, we were. it's a a sort of a the making of an old movie. Not super old, but like a decades, 90s maybe. Yeah, like covering the making of a cult classic. Called The Room. Yeah. Uh, written and directed and acted by Tommy Wiseau. Wiseau? I'm never sure how to say I his name. I think I've heard it pronounced Wiseau. Yeah, pretty weird dude from all accounts. And this movie, James Franco portrays him and uh, kind of got kind of turned into a... Well, this was definitely a comedy, but The Room was um, was taken as a comedy, even though it was not intended as yeah. that, from what I understand. And wasn't there a bit of sadness there? Because isn't Tommy Wiseau like a little mentally deficient I, dude i don't know he I've, doesn't tell anybody about anything yeah uh he's a, he's a weird dude so obviously <laughs> we'll need to see that and do a little bit more research i would yeah it's yeah i would like to learn more about that yeah. but i think the 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 biggest story of the golden globes was the theme of this being the first award ceremony post harvey weinstein scandal era weinstein you know, is sorry it, is it weinstein it's like bernstein it's like just like it's weinstein yeah like like bent Ben Stein would be the opposite, actually. Okay. So I don't. I didn't mean to bring him into this. It, I've heard actually, it pronounced both ways. It's definitely Stein. Stein would be I E. He's E I. Oh, okay. Yeah, just you know. Yeah, he's a douche either way. Yeah, I don't I'm know. Gonna start. You call- say his yeah. damn name right so- when you smear it. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Let me. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it was a very yes. palpable air of, you know, kind of defiance yeah. and uh, acknowledgement. I think Seth Meyers handled. A lot of the material really well. He said some stuff that was pretty like, yeah. Some of his jokes. Cringy. What's that? Cringy. Cringy. Yeah. But also like, I laughed. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he had one joke. Uh, it was basically the Harvey Weinstein, the first person to get booed like twenty years after they died mm-hmm. in the when they do the in memoriam or right. something. Like, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, oof, rough. Yeah. But also like, hit the nail on the head. You know. Yeah. This is total. Terrible person. Yeah. So there was a lot of unity along amongst the the female actresses. Uh, that was definitely mm-hmm. a recurring theme. Lots of lots of unity. Lots of good <clears throat> steps. You know, towards yeah. equality and not being abused at work. Do you want so. to talk about Oprah? Man, that was intense. if you if you haven't been on the internet today, I guess, or seen the the news, dude. It was on like CNN. It was on like. People love headlines, and Oprah gave a headliney kind of speech. She did, and she delivered it in a very political tone. Yeah, that seems she right. She had a very standing at the podium 
mm-hmm. you know, shaking a finger yeah, in the air. Yeah. Like she was making, a, it felt like a political speech. They were talking about it on Pop Culture Happy Hour, and mm-hmm. they were saying the whole feel of the room changed. Uh, and she was saying a lot of things about how a new day has come for women, and together mm-hmm. we will rise. And basically, it was like a rise of the robots mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. thing. I was right. getting a, no. Right. Anyways. It was all cool and like, you know, very validating and uniting. And a lot of people are saying this could be the platform she uses to springboard herself to announcing a 2020 yep. uh, presidential campaign. Yep. So that's like immediately the assumption, which could be completely ludicrous. Yes. But we'll see. Anything can happen now. The ceiling's been shattered. Uh, let's, yeah. Not the glass ceiling of women, more like the, the socio normal ceiling of. Donald Trump being president. Okay. And now anything. If is possible. you look at the newspaper right now, anyone can be president. Yeah. Why not? So and remember when Arnold Schwarzenegger was thinking about becoming yeah. president? Yeah. How's he gonna run? Yeah, know. it's crazy. It's something. Uh, would you You've vo- seen idiocracy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Would you vote for Oprah? It depends. If she was up against Arnold, that would be a tough Ooh, one. They might I, they would have to fight. <laughs> we would have to have them fight. Oprah would win. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting. So there's some interesting things to think about happening. Dude, what if her and Bernie Sanders ran together? That is, that is, would be uncharted territory. A My. celebrity and a politician. Like that would, that's, I think that's the winning combo. You need, you need somebody on the inside and on the outside. Right. You make everybody That happy. would be crazy. Yeah. I don't know if she'd be cool with that. What I if, don't know. My brain can't handle any of that. Yeah. What if he was her vice president? He was her vice president. That'd yeah. Be crazy. Sure. Yeah. Or he was her secretary. I don't know. Yeah, it'd this be, more, it'd be this interesting. probably a better screenplay. Yeah, than anything. I don't know. It's just an interesting conversation because yeah. I'm like, I don't think I'd be mad at Oprah as president. I yeah. obviously want to know a bit more about where she stands on all that. Yeah, and trying to be objective. I'm trying to think of like a movie called President Oprah. What genre would that movie be? Do you think? Well, I hope Tyler Perry isn't involved. I hope so too. <laughs> so I would call in my brain. It's like an inspirational, maybe comedy. On the O network, for sure. For sure. No, yeah, because, I mean, she seems like she has a nice sense of humor, but she also seems very graceful. Like, she could yeah, be very eloquent. successfully diplomatic mm-hmm. when needs be. Then now, look, picture this one. President Trump, the movie. It doesn't sound like a feel-good comedy to me. It sounds like a B-movie science fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, weird how that works. Yeah. Strange times we're living in. Should we get to our movie this week? Yeah, that's enough politics and Golden Globes. That's been your official Sunday night recap of all the events of the Golden Globes. Here we go into Molly's game. I'm Molly Bloom. Do you know about me? I read your indictment after I got your call last night and I bought your book. Do you understand that you are charged with operating an illegal gambling business? Are you taking me on as a client? I don't think I can convince my partners to take a flyer on the poke princess. If you think a princess can do what I did, you're incorrect. I'm getting that you don't think much of me, but what if every single one of your ill-informed, unsophisticated opinions about me were wrong? I'd be amazed. All right, that was a clip from the Aaron Sorkin 2017 film Molly's Game, starring Jessica Chastain, Idris Elba, and a whole cast of folks that we'll get into in just a moment. We saw this both together in the theater last night. Yeah, it's the first time in a while we'd had a, yeah. a trip to the movies. It was nice. Our schedules lined up. Yeah, that's true. And we shared a bucket of popcorn, put it in the seat between yeah. us. Yeah, we did. Never touched hands, disappointingly. Yeah, I kept I trying ex- to reach, but I missed you. I was just, expecting just, a graze, just yeah. a graze of the pinkies. It was like one of the scene in one of those romantic comedies where one person, they're like walking away from each other and one looks over his shoulder and the other person's not looking and he looks away and then immediately they look. Yep. That's how our hands It was just are. like that, but with our hands. Correct. And popcorn. And popcorn. Popcorn is the love in this metaphor. It was. I guess. It's the tie that binds us to the chair in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was a good movie. It was a good movie experience. Yeah, I had a good time in the theater with you. There wasn't anything crazy going on. It was. That's how I always like. Immediately, my first impression of a movie is so mm-hmm. dictated by my surroundings. It totally is. I feel like we don't give that enough credence when we talk about movies, but it's so often dictated by our uh, our yeah our surroundings and our even our day, like the circumstances oh. of when we're going to the theater. I've been noticing a lot, like the my mood before a movie mm-hmm. or during the day affects my opinion of a movie yeah. so greatly. Yeah, which is a shame. We got to try to stop that. Well, I, I, I think that's just being much. human. I don't know. That's, I, I got to like, try to be more objective, I think. Yeah. We're but, both guilty of it, but. Yeah. Gotta, it's Sometimes it's hard, but I, I always try and like take 10 minutes and just zen out mm-hmm. before I go to the movies just to like clear right. my head of the day and stuff. Uh, but this one, this one was good. So that's kind of why I wanted to start mentioning that. Mm-hmm. I know we talk about when it's bad, totally. but yeah. this one was good. See, I was scared because it was Sunday night at seven o'clock. We went in for the, for the film, seven ten, yeah. I think. And the theater was like 30, 40% full. Yeah. Pretty, pretty open. And we were in the far, if, if you're looking at the screen, the far back left corner. Mm-hmm. 
And somebody during the previews had their phone come on. I think it was like a Snapchat. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was like super loud. And it was like a little video that played or yeah. something. And they were laughing. They did not cut it off immediately. They like, like, like listened. And I was, oh man, I was so close. I was, it's some, that's some Friday night hooligan nonsense. Yeah. I was like, not tonight. Not tonight, my I'm friend. I'm here on a Sunday. This is this is adult. the Lord's Day. This you're going to watch this movie and you're going to shut up. This is adult movie time. Yeah. And that's another thing. It's like not a, not, like it's not a movie that kids, like if it was in Jumanji, it'd be like, yeah, all right, fine. Yeah. This is what I had. Like, what did we just see that was kind of a kid's movie? Coco. Think, no, what did we see last week? Why can't I think of anything? My brain's dead. Yeah, it's fine. I the last movie that I recall having some interaction like that was Coco. Okay, mine was The Greatest Showman then because okay. there were some y- youths. There. Yeah, like when so. I saw that one, there was a little kid behind me and he didn't really understand what was going on. Sure. So he just kept asking like his grandma questions. Uh, yeah. It was adorable. Yeah. Like I was okay with it because he would get the answer and he'd be like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. It was uh-huh. like, that's really cute. Uh, He's just trying to enjoy yeah. the movie. Yeah. Before we get uh, on too many tangents, Molly's Game, as stated by IMDb here, is the true, uh, the true story of Molly Bloom. She was an Olympic contender uh, for... for uh, Skiing. Yeah. Was moguls. Moguls. Women's moguls. I kept wanting to say slalom. Yeah. I don't know it's what that different. means. Is it's, that a thing? It is. It's where they go like way wider. Oh, really? Like, Sounds like Gollum. Where they have like gates and they have to go around Oh, yeah. Around go around them. them. I've seen That's that. slalom. But what she what was doing. What a weird word. Slalom? Slalom. Yeah. It's fun to say. Yeah. Slalom. Yeah. Well, she was a skier and she got in a pretty bad accident because a stick uh, dislodged her ski. Yeah. It was like a freak accident. She already had pretty bad scoliosis as a kid. And this was like, all right, I'm done skiing. And she ends up getting into the world of high stakes poker. Yeah. For the most part, pretty legal except when it wasn't and she got involved with the Russian mob and this on movie, accident on accident and this movie tells the story of that and the legal proceedings that go on afterward she is again this is Jessica Chastain plays Molly Idris Elba plays her lawyer and let's go actually let's go through some of the cast here yeah. I feel like we might as well touch on this Idris Elba always a treat always a treat except He's... in the dark tower loved it <laughs> I loved him in that but I hated yeah. that damn movie it was so good um Kevin Costner plays her father, Larry Bloom. Who, I, like, I liked his character. I liked him towards the end. Yeah. Um, which I think is the point. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, Michael Sarah makes an appearance. He's only known as Player X because she doesn't name names in a lot of these cases. Mm-hmm. Again, true story. Based based on the book by Molly Bloom, by the way. Yeah. True story. Uh, all yeah, this. Yeah. Jeremy Strong plays Dean Keith. Chris O'Dowd plays Douglas Downey, a drunken card player who has a lot of money. That's all we're told. Chris O'Dowd is great. I love him so much. He's he's so He's so charming. In a in, yeah. in a in a sweet kind of way. Yeah. Like he's just got those doe eyes. Do you remember him from little... the IT crowd? No, I didn't see that. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I think that was the same dude. Yeah, it might be. Okay. Um, anyways, that's sort of the gist of the movie. And it's, like we said, written, directed by Aaron Sorkin, who is a favorite of mine. He has done some of my favorite television. Such um, as? The Newsroom is one of my favorite shows of all time. It's an HBO show, so not television. But he also did The West Wing. And he has done a lot of, he, he's sort of known for his witty, witty writing and quick, like if, if you took Gilmore Girls, but made it smarter. Okay, so kind of like a more like rom com, toned down. Um, like what's oh, Tarantino? Just yeah. that snappy yeah, dialogue. But, yeah, but yes, but less abrasive, obviously. Less abrasive for sure, um, and not even always rom com. He does a lot of political stuff. Not necessarily rom com. That was the wrong word, but yeah. just way more palatable. Yeah, I, I guess mean, so. But Tarantino's it, dialogue is amazing, but it's so. You know, maybe I'm in the minority here, but I don't think his dialogue's amazing. Really? Yeah. I, yeah, you are. Because he's yeah. like notoriously known for amazing dialogue. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just something something about the the quick wit of Aaron Sorkin's writing makes me so happy. Definitely. It's got a sarcasm to it. As somebody who is constantly told to slow down while speaking, it's nice to be reaffirmed by somebody on screen being like, but, we will talk fast yeah, as well. You're going to talk like, really ah, fast. You're going to catch that joke? Boom. There yeah, it happens. And then it's gone. Yep. Um, I will also say going into this movie, I didn't know what it was about. Nice. I didn't even know it was directed by Aaron Sorkin, okay. which I think I mentioned to you. Yeah. In the so the first 10 minutes is all like skiing. It's this very documentary style. Um, this is my early life. Right. Where there's like, there's markers being drawn on the screen. Like it's a whiteboard. And here's the path you got to go. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this a sports movie that I just walked into <laughs> voluntarily? And then 20, 30 minutes, not 30, but like after that sequence, I was like, okay, it's not a sports movie. We're good. Yeah. I'm just, you know, not my thing. Well, it's fun going into a movie knowing nothing as well. Fun and scary in a yeah. weird way, which is often what fun is for people. Scary. Skydiving. Fun. That's scary. Dumb. You know. You wouldn't skydive? Hell no. I'm not skydive. I do not like heights. I will skydive. No. You will skydive with me. We're I will conquer not. that fear. I will go. And we're going to go on the same shoot. Nope. Yeah. You can nope. strap onto my belly. Nope. 
Uh, I'm the big spoon, dear yeah, sir. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's get back to this, shall we? Yeah. What did you think? Overall impressions? Yeah. Uh, I've had a day to process the movie since we saw it last night. I've been thinking a lot about it. Um, I actually have a lot of people at my work that don't see a lot of movies that mm-hmm. I run into in the morning, and they ask me like what I'm watching. So I get, to re- I get to recount yeah. the movie a lot and kind of um, try, not try out, but like, you know, work on my opinions and yeah sort of vocalizing and, clar- and clarifying them and vocalizing them in a way that makes people understand the movie a little mm-hmm. bit so it's fun i got to talk about this movie a bit today and it was looking back it's like way more interesting of a movie than when i just finished it i think so too you know mm-hmm. uh, because there was a few things in it that felt a little long and there was a few things that were distracting yeah uh, sure you know but uh, overall, it was a really interesting story. It was interestingly told. Mm-hmm. I like the use of time in this movie. Mm-hmm. They went back and forth. A lot of jumps, yeah. Quite a bit, which was nice. And I loved uh, the dialogue between Molly and her lawyer, mm-hmm. so Idris Elba's. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Very, very good. So overall, uh, I was a fan of this movie. I think it is well worth a watch, and I'm definitely going to give it a good rating because right, I man. did enjoy it. And you learned a lot about skiing and poker yeah. and Molly Bloom. Yeah, I thought it was weird. And I think I'm also in the minority here. I don't know how to play poker. Okay. And I think a lot of people do, but... I think they approached that movie really well then for people that don't know how to play poker. They did, because I was able to keep up after some of the exposition happened where she sort of just basically was like, and now I know what a river is, and a, a f- I know what a fold means, but yeah, other, but they other kind of, stuff like that. Yeah, they kind of took you through the yeah. the the brass tacks of Texas Hold'em. Which granted how how poker centric this film is they probably had to yeah um but still but i didn't get a lot of it i was like okay poker's happening i guess mm-hmm. and this seems tense but i don't know why right yeah and i've i've played texas hold'em quite mm-hmm. a bit so i mean i had a, a not a strong background but like i know the you can the, the mechanics sure. yeah i know i yeah. know what's going on but yeah they they gave enough detail to i think keep you engaged mm-hmm. i would hope mm-hmm. so I like the way they handled that, especially as fast-paced as this movie is. Mm-hmm. They kind of really had to. Yeah. They would have just lost people in the That's dust. Yeah, it's an interesting thing to juggle the intricacies of uh, the, the the ins and outs of poker because there's a lot of them, as, as this movie tends to show you. Yeah. And trying to ju- balance that with uh, with the, the quick dialogue and the fast pace of the movie most of the time. Yeah, and it really delved into what it's like to not only play in a high-stakes poker game but to run a game. Mm-hmm. She's a, a game runner, so she yeah. basically hosts the game. And sets up the table and buys all the drinks and buys a suite and you know, just she's turning a suite at the Four Seasons into a tiny casino. Mm-hmm. It's very fascinating and all of the dynamics that she had to deal with on the business and money side going into that. I feel like I have to stop because I don't think it was the Four Seasons. I feel like the Four Seasons was used in this movie to imply the opposite of glamour and wealth. No, that was where the suite was. I thought she met in the lobby with those Russian guys. Yeah. And I could swear that she said, they'll know me because I look like I wouldn't be in the place like this or something oh. like that. I don't know. Well, maybe. the Wherever they were, the Very suite Very fancy was, hotel. I think it was the Ritz. It might, something like that, yeah. I don't remember. <clears throat> but where they hosted it was this giant like presidential suite mm-hmm. at this like five-star hotel. Yeah, it was like $7,000 a night or $7,500, yeah. something like that. Just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But there was some interesting things that went into that, and it led to her you know, kind of getting addicted to drugs and all sure. kinds of crazy mayhem. So sure, yeah. It was a really interesting somewhat biopic, mm-hmm. somewhat courtroom drama, mm-hmm. and then somewhat just regular drama. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed this movie as well. I didn't know if I would at first. Even towards the end, I was like, this movie in my brain, obviously. I was like, hey, I hope this has a strong ending because... Not because it's been weak in the middle, but as far as I was concerned, and still a little bit, this is a story, which is, it's an abnormal story. There's some crazy things that happened, but it's not a life changing. It's not most people's life. It changed her life, obviously. Sure. But like, you know, it's a story. Um, It's a good story. It's a good story. Um, I think the strength of this movie is how it is told and who tells it. Yeah. For the most part. I think it had a really strong first act, a very medium a strong second act mm-hmm. and for me the third act was the weakest yeah it kind of was so she has an overbearing father played by kevin costner like we said and as a child he's constantly pushing her and that becomes a point of contention they grow apart over time and it leads her to become this woman who is sort of uh interested in having the upper hand over a lot of powerful men which again ties in perfectly to this political and social climate that we're in because i think it resonates well Strongest things about this movie to me were Jessica Chastain's performance as well as Idris Elba's. There's mm-hmm. a particularly rousing speech he gives in a room with a couple lawyers and her. And he goes on this big thing about 
morals and all this jazz. I think it was really well delivered. Yeah. He's got such a good presence that anytime he raises his voice, you kind of listen. Yeah. He's such a strong actor. Yeah. He's just got a, a charisma to him. There's a scene that he, he guest starred in the office for a little bit. Mm. And there's a scene where he just does he one really? of those. Yeah. Where he does like a talking head thing to the camera after Angela and Kelly are both hitting on him. And he just looks at the camera and he goes, I'm aware of the effect I have on women. Which is a strong one. He's just, and he's just so powerful and just like a, you know, yeah. he's like a driving force. He's believable to be like a really good prosecution lawyer. Right. He's just yeah. got a commanding presence. I think he was perfectly cast for this. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I think he might've been the highlight of the whole movie for me. He was very good. Yeah. He has a little daughter to uh, Shelby, Shelby, something like Cynthia, that. Cynthia, something like that. I don't remember. <laughs> Those are not even similar. Idris Elba's daughter's name in this movie. Uh, I wish I could find it. Shelby. There it is. That's Shelby. not her. That's a, that's an old white girl. That's All right. the opposite of yeah. basically what we're getting at. Eugene. I'm already, yeah, it's Eugene. That's, that's his daughter's name. Uh, teen Molly. That's still. This doesn't matter. We're wasting time. But yeah, I've, I've. This is a big cast. Yeah. Wow. And okay. Her daughter is not anywhere to be found. Sorry, everybody. All right. <laughs> what are you doing? I thought she might be listed under the last name, but she's clearly not. All right. Okay. Having a hard time getting back on track here. That's my bad. Anyways, so yeah. that's the overall thoughts of what we liked, what we didn't. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just the general plot, I think. We kind of yeah. got into that mm-hmm. as far as we need to go. Is there any other plot points we should cover before we rate it? No, I feel good. Yeah. I, I mean, it led that. to a big courtroom battle. Long story short, she ended up unknowingly like letting Russian mobsters play. Yeah, which is not good for all and, sorts of reasons, probably. Uh, and some stuff goes down with the FBI that we will touch on in our next segment called The Danger Zone. Quick disclaimer on that if you've never heard it. We talk about this movie as if everybody we are talking to, you, uh, have already seen it. And we've all just come out of the movie together. And we are just going to chat about the movie candidly. So if you're afraid about spoilers, go watch the movie and come back and then listen. We're also going to crack open our second beer in that segment. But first, we are going to rate Molly's game. Johnny. Yeah, overall, uh, I did enjoy it. It wasn't something that I really have a strong desire to watch again. Yeah. Uh, so I think the rewatchability, obviously, a little low. Uh, overall, very entertaining. Uh, it was a good story. I think this would be a great movie to rent. Uh, and I'm going to give it a 6.2. Okay. It's uh, very yeah. middle of the road for All me. All right. I yeah. Mean, it was not phenomenal, but it was not terrible. It was interesting and engaging. And I think, like I said, be a very good movie to rent. There, So I'm in that ballpark with you, too. The thing that I sort of implied but didn't really explicitly state that I want to, that I enjoyed about this, was sort of the humor that goes along with all that wit. There yeah. are so many scenes where I sort of chuckled out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the sophisticated way to laugh at a good joke is not to – it's not jokes that make you scream out loud. It's like, a, <laughs> that's <laughs> – I see. You, you do that to me all the time. Uh, You're like, oh, that's funny. I do do that because uh, I think it's funny. But I thought it was super condescending at no, first. No, I mean it genuinely. It's just I don't. You <laughs> it know. comes off that way. I know. Um, and you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's funny, humorous. Yeah. Good, yes, good work. Like a robot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I compute that. But as there's funny. yeah, there's like the part where they're sitting in the courtroom for the first time, and Idris Elba keeps switching seats with yeah. that one guy. Like that's that's just a funny physical joke. But also some of the some of the like she ends up quoting a book back to him that moments before she hadn't read. And it was in a really intense argument yeah. when she does that. And, and it's it, it's very it's just funny stuff like that. So this movie for me is going to be a 7.7. 7. Okay. I don't think I've ever given a 7.7 7 before. All right. I like that. And I like what you're saying about the humor. A lot of it reminded me of things that were written to be funny, mm. but not to be jokes. Aaron Sorkin has sort of a, I would call a white or oh, white dad joke kind yeah. of guy. Like, yep. um, he, like, they're not jokes that are funny to the average person, but if you're a, if you have like kids, yeah, um, I've got a friend that's really an expert d- delivering that type of dad just like joke really humor. square, just, yeah, but witty, yeah. but not everybody'd appreciate it because it's like nerdy kind and, of, and it's always real short and just like they inject like a couple words, mm-hmm. just like when Idris Elba said, "You have read Ulysses." Right. Oh, you've read that now. Yeah, yeah. Now you've read it. Yeah. Or not? Was it Ulysses? It was the Crucible. The Crucible. Yeah. Yeah. So I, the humor was definitely one of the stronger points. Yeah. Well, we then are going to jump to our last break of the evening because it is evening now. It is. Uh, which is not how you say that word. And we will be right back with the Danger Zone. So stick around. 
I need beer and I need it now. And I need bourbon too. And I might need a bag of chips and I need ice and I need it to be somewhere close to the freeway. Where do I go? I don't mean to make you feel dumb, but Spike's Bottle Shop here in Chico is the place to go. Do they have all those things? They have all that and more, man. They have the biggest beer selection in Chico and probably California and possibly farther than that. And they have ice and they've got chips. Oh, yeah. Close to the freeway? Oh, yeah, right off First Avenue, 1270 East First Avenue, actually, right by that big gym here in Chico. Do they support any local podcasts? Matter of fact, they support this podcast that you're hearing now. That's Fresh Hop Cinema. They support us, and you can get a great deal from them because you're our listeners. Johnny, what's that deal? Uh, Every single purchase, you go to the front register and you use promo code FHC, and you get 10% off because you listen to us. It sounds more complicated than it is. Literally, what you do is pick up beers, walk Mm -hmm. to the front, say, hello, good sir or madam. I listen to this podcast called Fresh Hop Cinema. Can I please get 10% off by using their discount code FHC? And they say, sure, here's 10% off. Spike's Bottle Shop. Go check them out. Welcome to another segment of The Danger Zone. By my nearest guest, that's Johnny's favorite thing in the world to say. So from now on, my friend, I'm going to let you say it every time. Sometimes I say it in my sleep. It's very frightening. My cats get concerned. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense to us. What is that? Uh... From now on, I'm not even going to say it. So in the context of this, if I even hint that I'm about to say it, you got to say it for me. Danger Zone. Yeah, just yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have danger never, zone. Yep, if you've never been with us at... The Danger Zone. It's a thing where, if you didn't hear earlier, we're just going to talk about this movie real quick. And we have one more beer to, uh, to throw your way. Johnny, tell me about this beer. Yeah, we are breaking down the last beer. We're going to finish up Molly's Game. There's a few things I kind of want to medium spoil, but sure. nothing too crazy. We're going to leave a little mystery, I think. Sure, just, just show a little cleavage of it. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, maybe a little. Okay. All right. So, speaking of cleavage, this beer is called Aphrodite. Okay. Also known as Aphrodisiac. Pretty good. In some places of the world. This is from a brewery called Brasserie de Ducelle. Great. And I hope I didn't butcher that pronunciation, but they are from Quebec, Canada. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, is French. It is French. So, yeah. Brasserie just means brewery. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, this beer is known also as Aphrodite, depending on what year you got the bottle and if it's the French bottle or the Canadian bottle or the American bottle. Sure. The Canadian bottle has a different spelling. Mm. Anyways, this is a stout brewed with vanilla and chocolate. So it's going to be clocking in at 6.5%. So no barrel aging happening. It's just your standard straightforward stout. So let's not get our expectations too high. Right. Mm. I, again, I, I don't mind it. Okay, good. <laughs> so this is going to uh, have aromas and flavors of vanilla, dark chocolate, bourbon, and roasted malt. Okay. Uh, uh, just real quick, what it translates to out of French is the Brewery of the Good Lord. Oh, okay. So fun fact. Cool. Great. Excellent. So yes, like I said, clocking in, you know, 6.5%. And we're going to give it a whirl. Yeah, let's. I'm gonna talk about the bottle real quick while you're you're tasting that. But it's a like you said, stout brewed with cocoa and vanilla. You said that, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, the red bottle has a picture of a scantily clad lady, uh, chest up, mostly upper chest up, I guess. Okay. She's got a very. It's a bust. Sure, bust up. That's literally the definition of that. Is that right? It's a bust. We look up like a statue of a bust. It's from the chest oh, up. Okay, a bust. Yeah. Uh, and it's this. Gal who is kind of cartoony. It's not a. It's not a. It's a caricature. It's a. Thank you. I'm. I'm off my word game today. I guess words are hard. Uh, after bragging about how I am a fast talker and yeah. like Aaron Sorkin, whatever. Uh, great. That's all I'm gonna say. Never mind. See yeah. the bottle yourselves. It's a pretty cool bottle. Yeah, a cool I posted bottle. a picture of it on Instagram. Nice. Check it out. Good plug there. At Fresh Hop Cinema. Good. This is great. You lead. <laughs> You're doing great. I'm. Done. I'm just gonna smell this. Yeah. This has got really strong booze notes on the nose, which I'm happy does not translate through to the flavor. It's not hot at all. It's got a nice mellow taste. Very upfront with the vanilla. You get a, a smooth yet subtle bitterness of chocolate in the aftertaste, and it finishes bitter and dry. It's very nice. Very very delicious stout. Re- yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I really like that the vanilla notes kind of shine through at the at the beginning. It's right up front, but then it's not overly sickly sweet. Mm-hmm. It really melts well into the like dark chocolate. Yes. Yeah. So this might sound weird, but I get a Coca-Cola smell on the nose. Do you get that at all by chance? No. No. All right. Yeah, maybe it's just me. But the vanilla is front and well, front and center on the on the finish. Yeah, definitely. It's Very got good. and it doesn't taste super artificial vanilla. No. At all. It tastes like a vanilla bean. Yeah, it's very mm. nice. It's very, very nice. It does not have... So I've had some that are really good, and I've had some that were just too sickly sweet. Like, they taste how vanilla extract smells. Yeah. And that's just... Too much. In the right application, that can be good. 
but if it's overdone, it just takes over a beer and it ruins it. Yeah, this has a very roasted malty kind of finish to it, almost yeah. a bittering kind of malt, and it's a, uh, it's something. It's it's a, it's an old style, I think. Yeah. Did you know that um, the difference in the malts in a, from a stout to other beers? Mm-hmm. They uh, have to use roasted malts oh, for that right? it to be a stout. A stout? Huh. That's why you get the roastiness, a lot of the chocolatiness, and also the color. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's interesting to know. Thank you. Yeah. So it's all, and that's why you get all the pronounced, you know, earthy, burnt notes. Yeah. More toasted. Totally. Directly from that. The on, roastiness. So yeah. It gives it that right. delicious roastiness. On the back of the bottle, it says, there's a little picture of a clock and it says, Age, aging potential with a colon. And it says... Yes. <laughs> Just yes. I was waiting to be like, I like that. This I many to this many years. You know, I don't know how old this beer is. Yeah. I this is looking. actually from uh, 2016. So oh, okay. It's, it's already, couple, well, 9, 12, 16. Oh, a year and a half. Yeah. Not so quite. It's had a decent amount of time on it. I could see how this might have been a little too hot to begin with. Yeah. So it might have mellowed out a little bit. But yeah, that would have been fun to have a have a fresh one to test the booziness of it. Yeah. But I mean, overall, this is a really solid beer. Yeah. It's got just uh, enough coffee for me to enjoy it. It's not overly bitterly. Overly bitterly, overly bitterly, coffily. You got to add another word. Overly, overly bitterly, bitterly sweet. Overly bitterly, coffily. Yeah, coffily, sweetly. <laughs> overly bitterly. Words are hard, guys. Yeah. You know, it's not an overly bitter coffee. Yeah. Agreed. Which would suck in this if it was just too acidic and astringent. Yeah, I don't actually know if I like this as much as you do. Yeah. I think I don't. Um, maybe it's not a good. I remember at the beginning of the episode when I was like, my beer bar is lower and my senses are higher. My senses are higher, but I think. I'm I'm not as suede as I thought I was going to be. I'm more like leather, not suede. Oh, oh, yeah. leather. Anyways, no, hey, I don't know if I that dig was, it. That was funny. Uh, see, you get it. <laughs> There's a lot of vanilla. I like the vanilla parts. I think I dislike almost everything else. It could be a little bit more well-rounded. You know, it is a little too bitter and yeah. maybe too dry. I'm happy for it to be as, as far as the body goes, as thin as it is. Yeah. I think there's a little bit much carbonation still. And maybe more aging would be good for that too. Shake it up. It's already got too much. <laughs> no, it'll, it'll dissipate the, oh, the carbonation. True. I guess that's true. Yeah. Just keep swirling it for a while. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Do you want to, do you want to go ahead and rate this? I guess I should go first. Yeah, it's up to you. I will rate this now. Yeah. My rating for this beer is I'm going to taste it one more time. Do it. I'm going to enjoy the bottle. It's a really cool label. Check it out on the Instagram. This, again, is available at Spikes as well. So if you want to try this out and give us your own rating, play along with us. It's, it's four. It's 4.7. It's fun. 4.7? 4. 4. Wow. It's, okay. not, it's not something I like. Yeah. Although it is, it's pretty warm anyways, but it. I feel like it's warmed up since I put it in my hand in my tiny little glass. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's fine. All right. So... You know, it's it's hard to judge these because I want it to be barrel aged and thicker and mm-hmm. sweeter. You know, mm-hmm. same thing as always. Mm-hmm. Just for for a non barrel aged adjunct stout, it is delicious. Uh, I am going to give it hmm, six point seven two. Wow. Yeah. I think is that the first time you've ever done the hundredths place? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the last time that happened, it was John Wallum. Yeah. Get on this six seven. Okay. Yeah. All right. That feels fine. Um. Again, that is, I guess I'll, it's my turn to butcher it, huh? The Brasserie de du Ciel, de du Ciel, de du Ciel. I don't know how to speak French. Uh, Aphrodite. De du Ciel. Yeah, something. Um, and that is going to wrap that for us. So that's, we're done with the beer portion. Yeah, of let's, the show. let's finish up Molly's game. What do yeah. you want to talk about? So there were, <laughs> there's a lot of interesting things about this movie. There was a couple things that were distracting. Her mm-hmm. boobs were just super, like, shot in a way that they were just the emphasis. Yeah, if. This feels fair. Correct me if this doesn't feel fair to you. In this podcast, I am pretty often not somebody who falls into those traps. Like, I'll be the first one to call out, okay, there's, like, I'm not going to focus on the blatant boobs. Yeah. No. You're like the guy that would call out and be like, ah, boobs. Yeah. I'd be like, well, my God. Okay. There's boobs. Yeah. I was noticing them a lot. Yeah. But you were saying you noticed it. There was, a, there was an establishing boob shot. And it was obvious. It was like literally neck to navel. Right. Just so like. could do. Yeah. It's like bust minus head. Kaboom. Kaboom. Plus. Yeah. Yeah. So it's down when there. She's, she's sort of first, her first try at running a game or host, not even hosting. She was, she was bartending like, and keeping the books and it's when they were in the, uh, I had at the beginning, Cobra lounge. Yeah. And it was the first time that she actually wore like a nice outfit. Yes. And it, the scene started with the entire, the entire screen in the theater was just her boobs. And uh, with some nipple poking some through. Some nipple it was, pokiness. And it was like, that's a, sh- and it made no sense. And it slowly panned up to her face. And since that point in the movie, I couldn't stop noticing that her boobs were really 
out there. Well, they they definitely threw him in your face. Not and a, yeah. she is blessed, whether by science or by God, mm-hmm. you know, but she's well-equipped. Let's put it that way. Sure. It's the danger zone. Yeah. So what I find interesting, this is the question, because I think Aaron Sorkin wouldn't do that for the sake of just showing off yeah, it's not. Breasts. It didn't come across as pandery, really. So what mm-hmm. I had to ask was, I wonder if this is if this was literally her way of using her body to better manipulate these men and better take control of them. Yeah, it was kind of a power. Move. In which case, great move, good for you, yeah, girlfriend, rocket. Yeah, because she was wearing like Chanel like pearls. Like, oh yeah, she was balling out of control. She wasn't like dressing cheaply. Mm-hmm. You know, she was wearing like designer dresses. Like, oh yeah, cocktail dresses. Yeah. So that was that was yeah. I'm glad we touched on that a little bit. Yeah, was it was good. it was interesting, but she and I don't know if it was just a representation of how Molly Bloom is in real life, mm-hmm. but she was like super done up the whole time. Yeah, I think it's it's just the same as you know anything. She's just dressed up because she's she's hosting these super high stakes. But I mean, even in like the lawyer's office, like I said, there was those few oh, moments that's where true. she was just like like dolled up. And, yeah, that's a good point. There's nothing wrong with that, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that was the way they were portraying her or if that was an actual like true to life representation of Molly Bloom. Yeah. I was just having a conversation the other day and I was telling a friend if I were, cause we are, we don't put on makeup often. Yeah. And if I, part of like, I don't understand this if, if, cause like the getting ready routine for a lot of women is putting on makeup and like, right. That's just the thing. Oh yeah. And it takes a while. It depends, yeah. It can. I don't think I would ever do it. I don't think I'd go anywhere. Yeah. Or if I would, I just I just would be a person that doesn't do makeup because I don't have the patience. I think every, if every man were all of a sudden turned into a woman, women would not wear makeup. Yeah, the, the we makeup. Just don't have the, I wouldn't do We don't have the, we've never been trained to do that. It's so much time. Well, it's just a lot of it's psychological too. I mean, it's a lot of how women were raised sure. to, you know, that's the, the social norm. That's what you do. It's like, yeah, because I mean, there's been times when my haircut has been very time consuming. I mean, mm-hmm. I have to do my hair, which yeah. is something. And I get that, but I can see if your routine is to put on makeup, how that could take like an hour. I mean, that's a lot of time. That's commitment. Yeah, and I'm nothing against it. I just think that's that's that's. I don't think I would do it. Yeah, I mean, just from the simple, the not simple, but the male perspective that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, putting myself in those shoes, it would be challenging. And yeah, and to bring it back around to this, to your point, she's going through a lot at this point. Yeah, and she's in this lawyer's office, hasn't slept in days. Mm-hmm. And she still looks pretty well put together. Yeah, I don't know. And for a lot of women, it's it's a confidence thing, right? You know, like that's their like. You know, if you have that nice shirt that mm-hmm. makes you feel like super attractive, you know, I'm what all I mean? about it, man. Look yeah. at this, right? Eight bucks. Hell yeah, faded yeah. glory. Yeah, man. yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I know. I, I bought one. Yeah, they're good. They're decent, decent flannels. Not bad. Yeah, for eight bucks. For anyways, eight bucks. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Walmart. It's interesting, but she looked nice in the movie. Sure, she always looked very put together, and I think that could be taken as a statement. Yes, you know. Yeah. But, it was interesting. I loved Idris Elba in this movie I too. Him so I think he might have been my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, he like I talked about earlier that speech that he gives when yeah. he's defending her. Such a badass. Like she's getting she's getting a lawsuit basically thrown at her from the FBI and the and the government, and they're like, you know, we've taken all your money and your property, and now you can get it back, but uh-huh. whatever. And Idris Elba, when he's just like, this is fucking bullshit. She yeah. hasn't done any. Like he just goes off this, and I think he literally said what I just said. Yeah. Almost verbatim, uh-huh. which is crazy because I don't think I've ever heard him swear in anything. And like it's like, whoa, yeah, it's, it's good. He's really good in that series that he's in from BBC where he's the detective. I haven't seen that. Uh, I think it's called Luther. Okay, really good. Great. Uh, and we have to mention like the whole reason this this investigation has dragged her into it mm-hmm. is because all the Russians were texting back and forth about. Remember that? That big linchpin thing? Like, oh, well, obviously you're involved in the Russians somehow. They're always talking about you in their text messages. Bring Molly. Get Molly. We need Molly. Right. She's like, guys. This is like, by the way, like a very intense prosecutor's like, you're clearly connected. Yeah. Like, obviously you come up right. in a high percentage right. of their phone traffic. And she's like, you realize they're talking about the drug Molly, right? Mm-hmm. And it's this big moment where Idris Elba just, just kind of like, like throws his paper yeah. and he's like, you I've idiots. seen some people fuck up yeah. in my time. Yeah. And so shortly after that, like they try to, you know, she ends up pleading guilty, mm-hmm. you know, and the movie progresses and she gets sentences to, sentenced to yeah. basically parole. I love that too. I love maybe too much when you see a judge who is just a human being and is just like common sense. He says specifically, he's quoted saying like, 
you know, I work within spitting distance of Wall Street. I know that because I've tried to spit on them. Yeah, that was and, great. And, and those people will do more crime today by lunch than you've done in the course of this indictment. Yep. So I can't see a reason to put you in prison. You get 200 hours of community service and a, a year of uh, supervised parole. And a $200,000 fine. Which is steep. It is steep. Yeah. But also the government seized all of her money, which mm-hmm. equaled about $5 million, mm-hmm. and then they taxed it. So she only got back about like $3 million. Right. But I mean, still, she avoided jail time. Did she get that money back? Yeah. Oh. They returned it. All right. Yeah, I remember they mentioned that in the movie. Can I throw out one thing that I had a problem with? Yeah. She was a really good ice skater, which... Like they made it seem like skis translate to ice skates, which they do not. Do not. Like they even she starts picking up speed on the ice, and it's like flashing back to her skiing. And she's like, "What are you doing?" All of a sudden, she's skating backwards. Yeah, it's like all right, it's like a swimming movie. She's like swimming laps, and then ah, and then cuts to a trampoline because these are the same activities. Yeah, it was very silly. Yeah. Anyways, that was I had an issue with that. I figured I'd throw that out there. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. Kevin Costner and her had a really powerful scene on a park bench. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Yeah. Probably Kevin Costner's defining moment in the movie. Oh, yeah. And that's the point you you learn that he is like every human ever, just doing the best he can. He cheated on the mom for a bit, but he, his pride is like raising a good few children. Yeah. So it was interesting. This movie definitely had some layers. Yeah. And it was interesting. Yeah. Good movie. Yeah. Are I'm there. I'm good with it, man. Yeah. I think we're there. That's a wrap. Cool. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week on Fresh Up Cinema for more things like this. I'm Please. Johnny Summers. Yeah, all right. I'm Max Minardi. And we are This is Fresh Hop Cinema.